Welcome to the Scuffed Podcast. I'm Adam Bells in Minneapolis. With me is Greg Velasquez in Des Moines. We talk about U.S. men's soccer. Welcome to the new edition of the Scuffed Podcast. The international truce, as they call it in France, is almost upon us, and World Cup qualifying is now officially 12 months away. It's Wednesday, August 28th, and Greg Berhalter announced a 26-man roster for the upcoming friendlies against Mexico and Uruguay. The Gold Cup is past us. We are now beginning Project 2022. It's on. We're here. We're ready. I just did some jumping jacks. Greg, how are you? Uh, good bells. Uh, happy Alfredo Morales Day to you and yours. And the angels in heaven rejoice at Alfredo's inclusion in this roster. What a miracle it is. Bells, I'm really impressed with your uh, cardiovascular fitness. I would not be able to do a bunch of jumping jacks and then record a podcast, I'm to, afraid to say. To be honest, I did three jumping jacks. So. <laughs> you, will, you will be awarded a presidential uh, medal of fitness. <laughs> Okay, okay. Here's the game plan for the day. Uh, You let me know if you have any problems with it, Greg. First part, we're going to work our way through the roster, back to front. Second part, we talk about potential lineups versus Mexico and Uruguay and, you know, briefly discuss who they're bringing to the table here. And then part three, we project Berhalter's likely lineup against Mexico, or at least, you know, talk about what he might do. Cool? That sounds like a great preview, Bells. Okay. Let's start with goalkeepers. Uh, why don't you take it from here? All right, so we've got four goalkeepers in camp. Uh, wouldn't expect all of them on the game day roster, but we've got Zach Steffen uh, of Fortuna Dusseldorf, Jesse Gonzalez of FC Dallas, Sean Johnson, New York City FC, Brad Guzan of Atlanta United, U.S. Open Cup champions, Atlanta United. Yeah, big win, big win for them there. Everything's coming up roses in Atlanta right now. You got your wish with the Jesse Gonzalez call-up. Berhalter talked him up with reporters earlier too. Loves his confidence. You must you must feel somewhat vindicated. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to see him uh, get a look in camp. I'm not expecting anything besides a Zach Steffen. Uh, well, I guess I shouldn't say that. Uh, these friendly windows get a little dicey with especially Euro based players who who's going to stay for both games. So there's a chance we'll see some rotation in goal. Yeah, but the smart money is we're going to see Steffen for both games. To keep on uh, bolstering his case for a work permit in the UK, is that the is that the equation? That he can take over as Manchester City's goalkeeper next year. Yep, actually, in, over the winter break, over the, <laughs> over winter, the winter break. break. Apologies, I'll recall him for the Champions League knockout rounds. Okay, uh, who who's out? Bells, who's out in the cold here? Uh, Bill Hamid. It's this is just yet another L in the column for Bill. He seems to be on the outs. Um, because DC United, DC United do not have soccer games over this international window, so this seems, by all accounts, to be a sporting decision. This remains a uh, uh, something where Hamid just doesn't seem to fit in with Berhalter. Yeah, I honestly I don't have a strong opinion about it. I ju- I know a lot of people out there do. I don't, and um, I guess that's what I that's how I feel about it. I don't know what else <laughs> to say. No, uh, that's fine. Even stronger opinions I think people have about the other guy who's sort of left off for what I assume are soccer decisions, and that's Ethan Horvath. Yeah, 23-year-old, maybe 24 by now. You know, time marches on. Um, It is Weston McKinney's birthday today. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's 21. Legal drinking age in the U.S. He's been able to drink in Germany for some time, though. Um, Horvath. Horvath. Yeah, back to Horvath. I don't... 
I, you know, he's, we, we talked about this last week. He's had a really rough, he's had a really rough go of it at Club Bruges, been replaced by Simon Mignolet. He can't play with his feet that well. I'm not shedding any tears about it. I'm not either. That's that's the deciding factor for me. I don't and and for anyone who's coming at it with, uh, but he played in the Champions League group stage and he shut out such and such a team. Like I just I don't really care that much about players who sort of sneak into the Champions League group stages with Belgian teams or with uh, Greek teams. Like if you're if you're kind of getting in that way, uh, I feel like that's cheating. Apologies to our all our Belgian and Greek listeners for this horrible smear <laughs> against your national pride. Um, no, yeah, I, I don't. I agree, more or less. All right, we also had Tyler Miller, uh, who was on the Gold Cup roster, who was dropped. Um, and I don't think that was a... I don't think that was a courtesy for his MLS. I guess I don't really know that, but uh, I feel like I feel like we're he's we're not going to. He's on the fringes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not a surprise that he'd be left off, even if he didn't have MLS games. But uh, they do have a game. He's LAFC, right? They do have a one game over the break. Yeah, I think they have. Yeah, they have one on the first against uh, Minnesota United. Hopefully, they can put uh, Adrian Heath out of his misery. I shouldn't say that. They did just. He go just to the, got to an open cup, cup final. final. <laughs> yeah, it's all. It's just a you know, can't can't be too pleased with what he's doing at Minnesota United. Still, they have a lot of talent on that roster now. All right, I'll leave that anywho, to you. You're the Minnesota native. Anywho. All right, uh, onto the defenders. You take the defenders then, Bell. Okay, uh, getting a little more interesting here. We got Tim Ream. A lot more. A lot more interesting. Yeah. A lot more. There's a lot of interest. Tons of interest, for sure. Uh, Tim Ream and Daniel Lovitz are the clear left-sided defenders in this roster. Not um, interesting. Okay. <laughs> and then, and then Nick Lima, maybe a left-sided defender. We don't know. He's a he's bells. Been... You are burying the lead so badly here. Get to the good stuff. I'm going in order from left to right, my friend. Uh, John Brooks, uh, Aaron Long, Walker Zimmerman. And Miles Robinson are the clear center backs. And then the lead to which Greg was just referring is Serginho Dest will get his first call up with the U.S. men's national team. And then, of course, Reggie Cannon, who uh, who played well in the Gold Cup at right back. So Dest, obviously, uh, Dest is the lead here. He's the headline. He may be the headline of the whole of the whole roster announcement. Why don't you give me your um, give me your thoughts on the on Dest's inclusion? Uh, it was it's overdue. I'm glad that it's a step in the right right direction. Um, and I, I said this before when he when when I was complaining about his omission, uh, it doesn't mean Dest is going to come on here and knock everything out of the park and instantly be our best right back. He might not beat Cannon out for the job, uh, but he absolutely has warranted an inclusion in the camp. He needs to be seen. We need to explore it. Uh, and I'm really excited to have him here. Yeah. Yeah, there's it's possible he won't beat out Cannon. I you know, he's maybe Maybe not as good of a defender. I don't know. I guess you could argue about that. But at, on the ball, uh, in combination, um, composure on the ball. I mean, he's he's like nothing we we have at really any of the defensive positions except for maybe John Brooks, who is kind of a you know completely different type of player. Obviously, right. We're, we're the, the excitement around Dest. I think is that he seems a different kind of fullback than we've really ever had in the past, where he is a uh, full out sort of attacking fullback. Yeah. He's got the sauce. Uh, Miles Robinson. We're also excited about Miles Robinson. I didn't mean, I don't want to, 
uh, sneak Miles Robinson's name under the radar. He's he's a, a new call up and really excited to see what he can do too. Uh, he's been one of the best center backs in MLS. Is that fair to say this season? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I, I think Matt Doyle, MLS analyst, would say that. And armchair analyst, I, I want to get his title right. Um, would say, senior armchair <laughs> analyst, analyst. According to Doyle, Robinson has been on, you know on form, one of the best center backs in the league. Probably on form better than Aaron Long has been for the New York Red Bulls. There are a lot of extenuating circumstances to that, but but yeah, I think every, everybody's excited to see Robinson in the camp. To me, he seems like a good pairing for John Brooks because he covers so much ground. He's a good one v one defender. He doesn't get beat a lot. Uh, Brooks can be the guy passing the ball. Robinson can be the bi- guy defending, to put it in very simple and almost uh, childish terms. <laughs> All right, so that is that's the back line. Um, the player. So who who's out? Who's uh, who's out in the cold, either by soccer decision or by uh, extenuating circumstance? Well, ex- start with extenuating circumstances. Yedlin is hurt. We all know that. Miazga took a knock of some kind. It doesn't sound too serious, but it's enough to keep him out during the truce uh, for Reading FC. Um, so those are the two out for extenuating circumstances. Or, I, up, 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 uh, and, yeah. and. So uh, the conference call, the conference call with Burhalter, uh, which I listened to snatches of earlier today. Um, we don't say that. That's not what we say. <laughs> it's a, it's a legitimate word in the English language. Omar was left off according to Burhalter because of Toronto's playoff run. I mean, that's what he said. He was lumped in. He was lumped in with Bradley and Altador. Yeah, which I think is a little is a little worrisome that Berhalter would would view Omar that way. But yeah, I don't know. But you may, maybe you, optimistically, he was just lumping in Omar so as to not hurt Omar's feelings when he specifically mentions Bradley and Altador, uh, and doesn't want to be like, yes, but we definitely cut Omar. Yeah, I think there's a good chance that that's what's going on there. We don't know. Uh, as for the rest of the people left off, they were all left off for what appear to be sporting reasons. And I, I can't say that I have big quibbles with any of it. Anthony Robinson, uh, the left back for Wigan Athletic, left off. Uh, CCV, at the center back at Stoke City right now, left off. And EPB at, at Rapid VN in the Austrian Bundesliga also left off. And then, of course, Chris Richards, uh, who would have been a speculative call-up to, to begin with, he was left off as well. I don't even sure. know if it's fair to say he was left off. He just he wasn't even probably considered. Sure. Yeah. No. No huge quibble. I'm I'm obviously on record saying I'd love a couple of speculative call ups per window, especially in something like this where it's straight friendlies, no consequence at all. Uh, and Richards is one of those guys who might qualify. But uh, we are we are fine at center back for the center backs we've got here. John Brooks making his return. Uh, Richards is definitely surplus to this kind of a camp. Yeah. I mean, the big thing is Dest, and big thing number two is Robinson getting a look. And we got both of those things. So I, I don't know. People are going to find reasons to complain about every part of the roster, and they are, and they will, and they have. <laughs> and but and I'm, I'm, a lot of times I'm one of those people, uh, but I, I tend to try to only complain when it's when we're getting the big things wrong. When we're, I'm not going to quibble too much around around the edges, so not quibbling here. Yeah. And the big thing, you would agree, right? The big thing is is calling Dest up. Yes, that's my big thing. Okay. Give me one big thing in the midfield. The one big thing in the midfield. Uh, Paxton Bomacall is the big thing in the midfield. Yeah. He's, yeah. Our, he's our big midfield thing. <laughs> yep. 
he and he got called up. We're veering really close to being not suitable for work here today, Bells. What are you talking about? I just think we're right on the verge of of talking about too many big things. Oh, okay. And snatches. Oh my goodness, man! You you take everything in that direction. It's crazy. Ah well. All uh, right. So Paxton Pomacall, huge call up. Very excited to see it. And then we have some some uh, not quite as big but still exciting things going on too. Yeah, I mean the other the other kind of notable ones that that are surprising, I guess, would be Alfredo Morales, as you mentioned at the top of the show. He's there. There are a lot of people out there who who feel like justice for Alfredo has not been done, and here he is. He's going to be in this camp. Berhalter spoke a little bit at length about him in the conference call. Said he he had an outstanding preseason by all reports with Fortuna Dusseldorf, and he's a fighter, and they want to get a good look at him. And you know what I I say? Great, good on you, Greg. And then, and then Jackson Ewell is the other sort of surprise. The San Jose Earthquakes uh, deep lying midfielder has had a really good season in Major League Soccer. He's a uh, you know he's a favorite another favorite of Matt Doyle's. And um, he can spray the ball around kind of a little bit in the trap Bradley mold, wouldn't you say? Yes, but I don't think Not that's how that, I don't think that's white. how Berhalter sees him. I don't think Berhalter necessarily sees him in that role. Really? I don't. I think Berhalter sees him more in the McKenney role. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, and maybe that's just because you will start next to trap in that friendly that you will played in. So yeah. clearly not in the trap role. That's right. That's true. Kind of, kind of wanted to like scrap that one in the dustbin of history, but <laughs> I'm ex- I'm also excited for Jet. While we're on uh, things to be excited about, uh, he's I feel like he's looked good every time he's played for the national team, um, and he's just been beset by injury uh, over his entire career. Hopefully, hopefully, if he does get in and get a chance to play, which I think he will, uh, he has more solid performings for the squad. Yep, super excited to see the seventh best player for the Los Angeles Galaxy <laughs> play for the national team. Uh, no, roll down and trap, roll down and trap, also on the squad, uh, and then McKenney is a given. Yeah, we do, we we uh, we talked about McKenney some last week. I thought we haven't talked about his performance against Bayern yet. I thought he was, I thought he was very very good in that game. Obviously, a losing effort for Schalke, but he played as in a double pivot, pretty much. Not exactly a six, but kind of more six than eight partly because Byron had the ball the whole time and he you know he connected on 31 of 35 passes I think that's that's what we need to look for from him in the Bundesliga is accuracy and he provided it so I think he's coming in he's coming in with a full head of steam I can't wait to see him play on Saturday against Hertha Berlin one interesting thing about what Berhalter said in the conference call is Taylor Rockwell from the Total Soccer Show came in at the last moment and asked um, the, it, an important question. Where do you see McKenney? Do you see McKenney potentially as a six, the way the way Bradley ha- and Trapp have been? And Berhalter said, mm, maybe, but we see him as an eight right now, essentially. So that's something worth uh, worth thinking about. I know you, yeah. you kind of agree with, with that, right? I I do, but I think I think I, t- I said last week that uh, when Adams is not available, uh, I'd prefer not to dip so so far on the on the talent level that we get into a wheel trap into our eleven to make up for an Adams and, and Bradley not being available. Uh, so my hope was that it would become a McKenny becomes Adams backup in the event that Adams is unavailable. Doesn't sound like we're going to get that kind of a 
uh, setup. No, no, it looks like it's going to be McKenney at the eight, and and we'll, I guess we'll talk about what's going to happen with the rest of the lineup later. Uh, you know, anything else notable about the midfielders in your in your mind before we get to the omissions? Well, now let's do the omissions first. Then there might be one other sort of note as we transition into the strikers or forwards as they're listed, I believe. Yeah. Well, we should talk about Darlington Nagby because I, I at least had him on my uh, preferred roster. And some news came out, um, I don't know what, two weeks ago that he said he had he had, had only passing contact with Burhalter. Everybody assumed that means he hasn't been called up. And then Paul Tenorio, the, the Burhalter whisperer, came out with a um, a story late last night, I believe it was. Sensational story. Well, I mean, sensational is a little bit strong. <laughs> it was it was interesting. I'll give it that. That uh, that no, no, anonymous sources familiar with the situation, likely within Soccer House, say Nagby was called up for the Gold Cup and turned it down, and was called up for the September friendlies and turned that down too. So you know, cue outrage at Nar- Darlington Nagby uh, called up as an injury replacement in the Gold Cup. So that means right. that. So in my mind, just as a as what this means in the big picture is, uh, as as a crit as a critic of sort of Burhalter's selections, uh, as I am, that means that Roldan was still selected ahead of Darlington Nagby because Roldan was on the lineup of the Gold Cup before the injury. Uh, once Dwayne Holmes became injured, apparently that's when they reached out to Nagby, who declined, and we took Georgie Mihailovic. Yeah, Burhalter clearly likes Roldan. Uh, there's no there's no doubt about it. Um, my, my thought is, you know, some people are saying, well, Nagby, Nagby lied a couple weeks ago. I don't know, man. You, a reporter asks you a question like that and you, you know, you're kind of thinking on your feet. He probably doesn't want to say, yeah, they called me up, but I don't want to play. Cause then he comes off like a kind of a jackass. So he's just deliberately trying to be vague about it and gave a false impression, I guess, but I'm not, I'm not holding it against Darlington at all. He can... He can do whatever he wants, and I don't think he's like crucial to the future of the national team. Do you? No, I'm the same. I, I he he would have made sense in this window, uh, and apparently, you know, Soccer House agreed is, since he got a call up for this window. Uh, but but a lot of that is because we are missing uh, a large swath of center midfield slash attacking players. Um, I like Nagby. I I really like his game. But if we don't have him for this, camp, I mean, he he's at his age. I'd say he's probably a, a a filler, a uh, placeholder. So him not being available, him deciding might be, maybe he's sort of sensing the same thing. And that's why he's saying, uh, this isn't for me. Yeah. So the people left off are Michael Bradley. He, again, this is the Toronto situation where they have two games over the break and, and they're fighting for a playoff spot. Berhalter said he's a little frustrated with MLS teams for having games over the international break, but he is willing to work with them. And clearly that's what he's doing here. I think Bradley and Altidore would be for sure in in the roster. So that's why Bradley's not there. Tyler Adams is hurt, of course, that interminable adductor injury. It seems to go on and on, but maybe we'll get to see him after the truce. <laughs> uh, Georgie Mihailovic dropped uh, from the Gold Cup roster. So he and Bradley are the two midfielders dropped. Um, with Georgie, Chicago do not play uh, – Sporting in the international, so yeah, decision. so it sure seems like a soccer decision. Um, Nagby obviously has chose elected not to play. Uh, so then, who do you have as sort of the the other sporting decision players left off? 
Julian Green, goal machine Julian Green <laughs> in the two Bundesliga, and Brandon Savania, who is playing quite well as a sort of a six for FC Dallas. Green's playing well too, I think. I did watch Greta Firth on Saturday. I got up early to watch that because I thought maybe I'd get to see him and Sebastian Soto in the game. He just he looked like his normal self. He's a he's a fine player. He's not pro- he's he's not probably a national team player. That's my opinion. That's that's fair. Uh, it's it's just it because you could say so many of the same things about players who are technically on the national team. That's true. It, it, you know, like uh, I guess what it, I guess what it must come down to is just continuity, which which sort of gives that incumbency advantage to a Will Trap or a Christian Roldan, uh, despite the fact that they could continuously underwhelm uh Cervania for me is another one that i would have liked to have seen in the camp um he he hasn't he hasn't sort of dominated uh in his showings the way that a paxton pomacall has but um we are so paper thin in that deep lying or whatever you want to call that that michael bradley role yeah you know it 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 made, makes me think about burhalter spoke to tenorio so that there, there was another piece with tenorio that came out this morning right after the the roster was announced and it, it was clearly an interview that happened earlier this week so they so Tenorio was kind of on the inside with this whole thing and he says about deep lying midfielders we need a player that has a good range of passing and if you look at a lot of the chances we create in the gold cup it's from overloading one side of the field and then if we can't overload then it comes back to the middle and then that player plays a diagonal to a fullback or to a winger running behind the line uh, he said we scored a lot of goals in the Gold Cup like that, which is true. Um, so he says, I feel like we need that person on the ball. A person has to be able to process the ball in tight space, has to be able to open up, has to have the vision and the technique to be able to hit a pass like that. Michael is a great example of a guy who can do that. Will is a good example of a guy who can do that. We want to see those qualities from other players because that's a really valuable weapon in soccer. So all that to say, it does seem like Berhalter is going to prioritize that skill from his six for the foreseeable future and maybe McKenney can do it I think McKenney can do it fairly well I mean he did it in that tournament a couple of those patterns that Berhalter's talking about were McKenney hitting that pass yeah that's true he he wasn't hitting the diagonal you know so much oh he he floated a couple of balls over to Ariola from his right-sided center midfield spot okay okay I think he hit one to Zardes that Zardes headed back across for a chance I'm just I'm just putting it out there because I continue I continue to think that uh, like Bradley and Trap being the elite players at that skill like that's the one skill that I feel like people constantly harp on for justification for Bradley and Trap's inclusion uh, and I tend to think that it's an overrated the difficulty of that pass is overrated. I agree. I'm just I'm just trying to figure out what Berhalter's going to do. He sort of foreshadow that and it sounds sure. like is that he name drops Bradley and Trap as the guys who can do it. Sends right, a right. Bit of a signal. So, so, so in that in that situation, Cervania isn't even really in on that depth chart. He's not competing for that place. Yeah, that's not that's not his game. That's not his game. I'll, I'll say I'll say one more thing about that particular uh, Bradley Trap situation is if your offensive scheme for 2022 hinges on an, like an already fading Michael Bradley uh, and the only other guy like him in the pool is Will Trap. Like in my mind, that's telling you that's that's the wrong scheme. Like that's not going to be the scheme. Then you have to find another way to generate chances because it's it's not going to work if those are your two guys. Yeah, 
I I do agree with you though that Brad, that McKenney can do that. He even did it against Byron on on Saturday. He he hit a left footed diagonal ball, which is uh, which kind of caught my eye. Anyway, um, who else are we missing? Ah, that's it. That's the midfield. That's ba- that's basically it. You're really reaching down into like the not necessarily really reaching, but you're into like uh, Emerson Hindman or like Keaton Parks, and I don't think anyone's you know banging the door down trying to get those guys on the squad. Yeah, maybe a couple people here and there uh, on Twitter are, are banging that door. But uh, uh, I'll mention I'll mention uh, Roman Gall because he gets some love. Part of that I think is just because he's he's got that exotic Scandinavian uh, resume. Uh, after his <laughs> after his uh, lights out performance with a goal and two assists, uh, he did not get into the game in their Europa League qualifier and then played like twenty minutes off the bench in their next league game. So despite that showing. Go- Malmo FF still don't seem to really rate him as as the guy for them either. So uh, it's just one of those things to keep good perspective about those those guys knocking it out in Scandinavia. Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk about another Scandinavian here shortly. Um, the the last thing I wanted to mention about the midfielders is that Pulisic is not listed as one in the roster. There you go. And uh, Berhalter downplayed this in a conference call with reporters. He also downplayed the significance of positions in gen- in general, <laughs> which you know I I don't know. What do you, We're getting what do you real philosophical here. Uh, I think I think it's two things. I think it is significant that Pulisic is listed, or it's, it, I think it will prove to be significant that Pulisic is listed as a forward. Uh, and I also think people uh, get too hung up on positions about well, this guy's a ten or Tim Ream's a left back or whatever else. Um, clearly, the way you set up your team different positions are going to are going to function differently. So for everyone saying so and so is a 10, uh the way Burhalter set up his team, his 10 is going to be much different than his 10 played when he was coaching uh Gonzalo Higuaín in Columbus. So Yeah, that's true. So like he's right, I think he's right to say people are too hung up on that. Uh you just have to look at what are what how is he setting up in possession? What are the roles and responsibilities of each of those positions? Um and then you know, you, you almost need a, a description for each position rather than just taking the shortcut and saying this guy's a 10 or this guy's a uh, winger. Or this guy's a right back because he Berhalter has very much blended all of those positions. Yeah. I mean, the, the number of positions that could be a 10 um, in the Berhalter system include both wingers and both uh, both midfielders, really. And I guess not the right back. Both wingers and both 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 wingers and both non Bradley Trap midfielders. <laughs> right, right. So that's that's where that's where I think he's correct in saying uh, we're too hung up on it. But I also think it's significant that he's that Pulisic is not listed as a midfielder because it could well mean that Pulisic is going to uh, have his starting position be out wide. Paul Ariola not on the line. Are we moving over to forwards? Can we just move over to the forwards? Let's then? move right on. Yeah. Okay, Ariola. I, I didn't want to talk about Ariola until we were officially talking about the forwards. Please, please continue. All right. Ariola left off, uh, withdrew himself from consideration for family reasons. Um, no one, I don't think, is shouting him down the way we shouted down Darlington, the way they're shouting, shouting down Darlington Nagby, uh, yeah. because for some reason it's just no one treats things case by case. Uh, Ariola, not there. So there's a there's a void in the starting 11 for, for that left winger spot, and Pulisic, uh, coincidentally listed as a forward. So I think I think it, it could mean that Pulisic is going to start out in the forward position. Um, and that, again, 
adds into this wide range of possibilities for how we might end up playing, how we might set up. Right. So, so Ariel is out for that reason you just mentioned, family reasons. Tim Weah is out because he got a muscle injury at Lille, I guess, about a week ago, earlier this week, Sunday. And then um, Jonathan Amon is still injured and, and not really in the picture at the moment. Uh, Jonathan Lewis not there as well. Lewis dropped from the Gold Cup roster, and we assume that's a soccer decision? I believe so. I, I, I would need to double-check to see if Colorado has any games, but they're, you know, it's not like they're in a playoff race or anything. Right, right. They're, they're yo-yoing players back and forth from USL to the first team. Uh, Dwayne hiring, Holmes. Hiring coaches left and right. Uh, Dwayne Holmes also um, just barely probably missing out as he's coming back from injury. Yeah. Could have, could have mentioned him with the midfielders probably should have, but yeah, as you mentioned last week, he could, he could work in that right sided winger role. He's, he's not going to be fit enough. I think that's fine. You know? Right. Or we didn't want to uh, accelerate his return to, he, he, he did play with the first team in midweek. Uh, if you want to call it that a lot of those championship sides rotate heavily for the EFL cup. Um, because it's a secondary competition, they're going to end up getting blown out by whatever Premier League teams they play anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. So he he played, but that probably was just part of his timetable to getting back to full full fitness. And there's no reason to introduce a couple of uh, international games in that in into that schedule. Yeah, I'm, I think it's totally fine to leave him off. He played right back in that game too, which he can do, but not his. Uh, I don't think his number one preferred position. So he so who's there? Who are the wingers and strikers? Pulisic, aforementioned. Uh, Morris, Jordan Morris, Tyler Boyd, and Corey Baird. Those are the the presumptive wingers. Tyler Boyd returns after uh, after his his Gold Cup um, relegation to the bench, and I believe Berhalter mentioned that it was a that was a soccer decision that Morris was just in better form. Hmm. I missed that. <laughs> But I, but I believe you. I believe you. Uh, so, so I, you know, that's a not super inspired. It's not super inspiring to see Corey Baird make his return to the lineup. But on the other hand, the as we mentioned earlier, the the cupboard is pretty bare behind him. I mean, can you even think of anybody else? I mean, you're for me. Like the next guy you'd call up would be because I love those speculative inclusions per window that we never see. It would have been like a, an Ulianes. Yeah. Who and people people will balk because he's he's only played U19 games, and I just keep thinking like, so what? Like, bring him into the camp. We're not signing him to a lifetime contract with the national team. Um, see what he does. He's 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 been very good uh, for the U19 Bundesliga, and that might mean that he's good enough for the national team. Might not. But it would have been worth a chance. Why wouldn't we do that, though, anyway, Bells? He's hurt, I think. Yeah. I mean, we, we don't know 100% sure, but he he came off in the 14th minute of his last game. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're, they don't put out press releases about U19 players' injuries, so we don't know for sure, but it, probably he's hurt. Um, but after that, you're talking what? Like you, you would be getting into the Emmanuel Sabi category? I guess, yeah. Sabi, uh, Novakovic is not a winger; he's a striker. Um, apparently, headed to back to the Eredivisie. Yeah, I, I just don't. 
I'm not ready to be outraged about the Boyd, the, I'm sorry, the Baird and Morris inclusions because I just don't see that there's that much else out there. Some people will call for Gall, but you, as you pointed out, he doesn't play regularly for Malmo. Whatevs. Just a big <laughs> fat whatevs. Right. This is where I don't get too bothered at all about what's going on in the fringes when we're dealing with uh, multiple injuries or multiple personal uh, uh, absences. I mean, all right. Wea, the line. Wea, it, w- oh. it would be nice to have Wea there. You know, it's too bad he's hurt because I think a Pulisic Wea winger pairing uh, with a with the, a midfield that we'll discuss later is kind of you know it's kind of the dream, at least in my mind. But right, at least test it out. See if we could actually go toe to toe and attack Mexico. Right. Leading the line, two strikers. Why don't you go with it, Joshua Sargent. Uh, back in the fold uh, after taking the Bundesliga by storm this fall. So Sargent comes back. Um, everyone was saying, well, he, there was no reason to – people who were justifying his exclusion from the Gold Cup kept saying, well, he didn't play at all in the spring. Uh, he has since not really played at all in the opening weeks of the Bundesliga this fall, but now it's okay to bring him in. Well, that's not exactly true. I mean, he played he played an entire – he started and went like 70 minutes in a DFL Pokal game. Sorry, not DFL. That's the Democratic Party here in Minnesota. The <laughs> DFB Pokal and the German Cup. And then he played 10 minutes in the in the season opener. And then he didn't play in the most recent Werder Bremen game. So I'm, you know, correction, Greg. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm, I'm really happy that he's there. Uh, I've wanted him for, for several competitions now. And so we're finally getting him in camp. Uh, Jazzy Zardes, the other returning forward. Um, less interesting, less exciting pick, Giazzi Zardes. Yeah. I, we both expected him to be in this camp, and I don't know what else, I don't know what there is to say about it. He's he's a uh, Berhalter likes him, and Alt- Altidore is busy. Uh, Altidore has to help Toronto get into the playoffs. I don't mind that allowance being made for a club in MLS. I don't mind that. I don't. I don't either. And I just want to also say we make those allowances for the European-based players all the time too. I'm, I'm expecting uh, guys l- who will leave after the first game this window to return to Europe because that's just what you do when you're playing uh, games that outcomes don't mean anything. Right. Yeah. So hey, then- and also, also as a as a vocal Zardes critic, uh, I, I should say I don't have a problem with Zardes coming in because he's the as the third striker he's fine as the second striker with Josie Altidore as your starter he's absolutely not fine and we saw that because we have to rely on him in real soccer moments um and he's not good enough as the third striker uh whatever I mean your role changes significantly you're way less likely to see a bunch of minutes so you're just kind of a good camp guy a good locker room guy Zardes is a third striker I'd, I'd have absolutely no issues with hmm yeah, I mean, as a third striker in a in a roster, you still have to play, and um, you still may have to play. And I hopefully we can get to a point where we don't need to have Zardes in any kind of roster in any kind of in any kind of role. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. And I and I fully expect Zardes to start over Sargent, at least against Mexico. That's the depressing part. Is I expect that as well. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I mean Sargent. I, I corrected you and said, well, actually, Sargent did play in a cup game, and he did 
get some cameo minutes in the first week of the Bundesliga, but he's not lighting the world on fire right now um, in the early going of the Bundesliga season. We'll see how we'll see if he he gets a, a chance this weekend. Jojo Agustin Agustin got a red card in Bremen's Werder Bremen's last game, and Milot Rashica is out with injury for several weeks. So there may be room for Sargent to to show himself in the next few days. We'll see. All right, who 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 else left out of the uh, forward pool? That's it, I think. Joe Joe Jow, right? I mean, that's, that's hardly a, a leave off in if we're being technical. No, you, you'd be talking about like Bobby Wood, Sebastian Soto, uh, mm-hmm. Bobby said. So there's none of those guys are making super compelling cases uh, to get in. So yeah, it, it really is all riding on Sergeant. <laughs> yeah, and even though I will say, even though he's struggling. I think he's a better. I think he's a better fit, and I, and I think you agree a better fit and a better player at doing what Berhalter needs from that striker position in this system. Uh, whether that translates into him actually getting to start on September sixth, another question. Yeah, fingers crossed for that. All right, let's get into the, the upcoming matches. First, we've got Mexico at MetLife Stadium in Hoboken, or whatever in the greater. New York City part of New Jersey. It's like right across the Hudson River. Uh, it'll be an away game. It always is with Mexico, and Mexico's roster is very strong. It includes Hector Herrera, Chicharito, Chucky Lozano, and Tecatito. Those were those were names that weren't in the Gold Cup. In addition to the Gold Cup winners, Raul Jimenez, uh, Rodolfo Pizarro, Andres Guardado, and Jonah Dos Santos among others. So this is a full-strength roster for Mexico. We best come correct. Is it full-strength, though, Bells? I can, you think of, can you think of anybody that Mexico isn't bringing that might make them better? Are you referring to Jonathan Gonzalez or, <laughs> D- or Diego Linus? I'm referring to Carlos Vela. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Full-strength within the realm of reality. For that. All right. Yes. It's going to be – this should be great. Like, I'm very excited for this, even though I know it's possible – that we could get completely poleaxed. Yeah. I don't expect that. Um, I'll be really disappointed with that, and I'm I'm sure Berhalter will too. So who do you how would you how would you line it up if you could? We don't have to we don't have to do like some lengthy elaborate process with this. Why don't you just tell me how you would line it up? Okay, so I'm gonna go with I'm gonna use the fact that Burhalter said McKenney's gonna be a six, just as a heads up. Uh, I would go with I would go with Stefan as our goalkeeper. Um, give me Brooks and Long as our two actual center backs. Uh, I say actual just because of the the way we kind of fluctuate things. Right. What I want, what I kind of want, and I'm hoping, and there's no reason that this can't be the case, is that Nick Lima has been called in, and in this camp is gonna be tested out at left back. And I'm hoping that he's able to take that left-back, center-back hybrid role away from Tim Ream. So I'm hoping that Nick Lima becomes our left-back. And we run out, and I'm hoping that Sergio Dest does enough that he becomes a clear uh, first option at the attacking right-back, right-winger spot. Mm -hmm. And so Dest plays right-back. How's that for a back back four? Yeah, it's it's fine. I, I don't feel strongly about Lima the way you do. So I would just do the exact same and have Reem there because partly because I expect that to happen. Um, Reem is does have a little bit more of that center back profile that presumably we need in that spot. 
Right. And and I get that too. I just, I worry that we'll be defending a lot more than attacking. Uh, and so I, I, I'm more concerned about who's going to be, whether Reem will be able to defend the edge against a much improved Mexico attack, uh, than the gold cup. And so that's why I'm, I'm thinking Lima might do a better job actually being the left back as, as we sink into our four, four, two. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's, that's my rationale. And Lima's younger, so he'd be able to do the job for longer than than Reem, if we're projecting out. Okay. So how do you, how would you set up the midfield? All right. So in our in our Greg Berhalter midfielder midfield, which we'll talk about later, how that could be completely different this go around. Uh, but from what the, we set up in the Gold Cup, uh, what I'd kind of like to see is Morales uh, in as that holding midfielder, sort of being the Tyler Adams stand-in, mm-hmm. but really the Michael Bradley stand-in in Greg Berhalter's mind. Uh, I want to see McKenney as the as the midfielder who sort of drops alongside him on on the right side, uh, and then I want Paxton Pomacall to get the start as the uh, I guess what you'd call the Christian Pulisic role to date. Yeah, I like that. I like that too. I think I, so. I have it set up with McKenney as the six and Morales as the as the eight because I do think McKenney is a better passer than Morales, so that 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 fits Berhalter's sort of profile a little better but the fact that Berhalter said no we think of McKenney as an eight does undercut what I'm what I'm proposing here for sure well and and I I still think that in his actual possession scheme uh like Morales and McKenney are, are just symmetrical just left right flipped where I thought McKenney's job was essentially the same as Bradley's uh in the in the build-up it's just that McKenney would then be free to uh get into the attack as we advance into the box so I don't think we necessarily lose McKenney's uh quarterbacking if we have Morales as the Bradley and McKenney as the McKenney. Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. It's either I think those are the two. Those are the likely best two starters. It, however, you set them up, right? Yeah, yeah. That's that's sort of what I'm at. And and I'm really kind of curious to see what Morales can do because because it's been so long since we've seen him because he was never playing uh, for U.S. Men's National Team coach who was particularly competent tactically he, he got his reps with <laughs> with Klinsman so he I mean he played on the it, left you, wing didn't he yeah you can you can only imagine what his sort of instructions have been like now we actually get to see him come in with a very defined role uh and it'll be interesting to see whether he offers a really uh like a much cleaner crisper version uh of sort of what we're used to in that role even from Michael Bradley like it's it's possible it's not it's not impossible that that'd be the case. Morales has been playing in the Bundesliga for the last uh, 16 months. Yeah, longer than that, right? Or maybe not. No, because I don't remember because he keeps he keeps he'd yo-yo for a while between two Bundesliga and Bundesliga. Yeah, I wouldn't sh- it wouldn't shock me at all if he separates himself. You know, given the level of competition that he's playing at relative to Ewell, Roldan, and Trap, and um, and then ends up starting this game, and I think that'd be great to see. Pomacall. Now, Pomacall, I can't remember if I mentioned this already, but Berhalter's comments on Pomacall were pretty instructive. Like, he doesn't, he made it sound like Pomacall is there just to get his feet wet, just to get a look at him. No expectations. It didn't sound like Pomacall is going to be slotting into a starting spot in this lineup from Berhalter's perspective. In contrast, when he talked about Dest, there was none of that sort of cautionary language that it was couched in. It was just like, we love, we love what we see from him. He can play both sides, he's excellent on the ball. He likes to attack. He likes 1v1 situations. So it was there was a definite contrast in the way Berhalter discussed Dest and the way he discussed Pomacall, leading me to believe that Pomacall probably won't start. I don't know if I'm jumping the shark here, but 
I, I would like to see him start in that position. I think he, he brings not only like defensive commitment and uh, sort of steel, but he but he's he's great in combination. He's a great passer, and he he seems to be getting better at that. Like there was a great highlight from the weekend where he he cut in from the right wing and played a beautiful pass to Jesus Ferreira for a goal that was disallowed for complicated reasons that didn't have to do with Pomacol or Ferreira. So I would love to see that, and I'd love to see him combining with um, Pulisic on the wing. That's that's the hope, right? That's that's the dream that we get that even for a little bit, like. Uh, I want that to be the starting lineup. Um, if we don't get that, give me give me the last twenty minutes. Yeah. All right. So that's that's sort of the, the listed midfielders. Um, I've got, and this is where I don't really love any of the options because I don't love Tyler Boyd doing this either. But I've got Tyler Boyd uh, starting in the Jordan Morris role, which is um, on the right wing defensively, but then he pinches in to become like a ten as we build up. Um, and it's just because Boyd, I think, has a cleaner first touch. Uh, I thought a real issue with Jordan Morris against Mexico was that if Mexico can just mark out our two uh, holding midfielders, McKenney and Morales, in this in this universe, um, yeah. then we have to start we have to start looking to float balls into the space behind those man marking defenders. Uh, and if we're just trying to sort of float balls into Morris and expecting him to control it, uh, wow, wow. I don't I don't th- in the in the central of the park center of the park I don't think we're going to get that. Um, I don't know if Boyd will offer it either, but I do think Boyd, in the limited time we've seen him, has been a little bit more polished uh, than Jordan Morris with his touch. So that's what I'm kind of hoping for, is that he's the right-wing option who can come in and play in the middle of the field. Yeah. I mean, Baird and Morris are sort of similar in that they're just, they're kind of straight-line players who uh, who kind of run in, like run in behind and try to finish chances, basically. And... Um, I don't want. I, I agree with you. I don't see either of them excelling in the role of of tucking in, uh, above, like just below zone fourteen and trying to orchestrate play the way that position is supposed to. Which makes me think maybe Pulisic should be on the right. Right. That's and that's what we'll get into when we talk about what Berhalter might actually do. Uh, I'm I'm just sort of setting this up on based on the Gold Cup uh, system and sort of translating it to this group of players. Uh, and so that's that's why I'm kind of listing Boyd off as that spot. Okay. Boyd on the right and Pulisic left, uh, hands down, and then and then free to go wherever wherever he wants. Yeah, <laughs> which is which would be a shift because obviously he started out as the uh, in the in the nominal ten role for the Gold Cup and then was interchanging with Ariola to the outside. This would be him starting outside and moving moving central. Yeah, Josh Sargent up top. Agreed. Agreed. Surprised surprisingly. So then we put then we play. We'll get into whether we think any of this is possible uh, in a moment. <laughs> but the second match is on, on September 10th in uh, St. Louis at Bush Stadium, I believe, uh, where the St. Louis Cardinals play um, against Uruguay. And the roster includes a lot of big names. Luis Suarez, uh, Diego Godin. Is it Godin, Godin? I, I don't know the answer. Okay. Because in French, Rodin, R-O-D-I-N is Rodin, but w- w- whatever. Uh, we'll crowdsource it. Someone yeah, will tell us. Yeah. Nico Lodero, LAFC's Brian Rodriguez, their new signing, kind of exciting young player, and then Edinson Cavani, who maybe is out for, with injury. I'm not 100% sure on that. Anyway, these are good players, and it's going to be a good team we're up against. Do you think we will send some players home before that friendly? You sort of alluded to this earlier. Yes, I definitely think we will, and it'll be it, it'll just be uh, a waiting game to see which. I, like, 
I don't think there's any chance John Brooks plays in both games. I think club and even the national team are smart enough to recognize that you don't do that to John Brooks, given his injury history. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you play his one game, you wrap him carefully and you send him back to Germany. Yeah. He seems like a very safe uh, prediction for somebody who will go home early. What about, which will be, which will be nice too, because we, we would like to have the opportunity to get those either miles or Walker Zimmerman, um, some reps in the game, preferably like I'd like to see miles Robinson. Yeah. I could see a long, a long Robinson pairing in the Uruguay game. If, um, I guess a lot depends on what else we do, what we do in the Mexico match. A lot of what happens in the Uruguay match will depend on what happens in the Mexico match. But, um, anybody else you think might go home Pulisic? So, yeah. So after Brooks, I wouldn't be, I also wouldn't be surprised if any of the Euro guys, uh, bail after one game that could be I mean that could be Pulisic McKenney uh, I don't need to list them all because I just described who that would be the cat the category of player but okay. that could... yeah I mean yeah Pulisic and McKenney seem like the most the most likely uh, I would like to see Dest stick around and stay with us throughout the international break make full use of FIFA's international laws um yeah, I guess it's it's kind of silly to try to project a lineup against Uruguay when we don't know how we're going to line up against Mexico, right? Yeah, and and what we're going to talk about now is <laughs> it might have even been silly to try to project how we're going to line up against Mexico. Yeah. Because, okay, let's move right into the, the last part of this podcast, part three, what will Berhalter do and start with the back line? What do you think he's going to do? Uh, Bells, you're not going to get a, an actual Burhalter projection out of me because uh, he's talked about the different things that like a Serginio Dest offers, um, and then you just you just combine that with even even the fact that Pool Six lifted, listed as a forward changes things drastically because if Pool Six a, a forward on the outside and he's going to be pinching in, that leaves room for uh, a left back to get around him, which we haven't seen really in a Burhalter squad because we've had the left back be more of a center back in possession. So you have all of these different uh, uh, options that Burhalter could deploy, and I don't even want to try to 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 list out what he could do. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna you, tell yeah. You. you give me yours. You give me you give me your your Burhalter crystal ball projection. Well, I here's what I think we should we shouldn't be shocked if we see. And um, it's it's basically the same back line I had, which is Ream, Brooks, Long, except I, I wouldn't be shocked to see Cannon beat out Dest. Not at all. Not at all, yep. Or, or just to get the start and ease Dest in, even if Dest is preferred. Like, you'd, you could still make the case that Cannon will play this game. He's got a lot of in-system uh, uh, time logged. Yeah. So that would be, I think, a, a back line that we could definitely see from Berhalter. Given what the way he's talked about McKenney being an eight and how he he name dropped Will Trap as somebody who can do the things that he needs from that number six position, I think there's a, a 75% chance Will Trap starts the game against Mexico as the six. Everybody's gonna be mad, and I I won't like it either. I just think there's a really good chance it's gonna happen. Yep, yep, that that would make sense. Keep going. Um, this is this is your, this is so bleak, Bells. Right. Well, so so Pulisic listed as a forward, notwithstanding, I think there's still a, a decent chance he starts as the num- as the nominal number ten. Uh, the way the way Berhalter has talked about Pomacall, as I mentioned earlier, indicates to me he's not 
in line for a starting spot unless he just absolutely blows Berhalter away over the next 10 days or so. So I could see a trap McKenny Pulisic midfield and then uh, Morris and Boyd on the wings. And I think Zardis is as likely to start up top <laughs> as Trap is at the six, maybe even more likely. That's that I, I agree with you. I agree that Zardes, out of all of the different combinations that Berhalter could run, uh, they all sort of require just one of those two guys to start. And I think in Berhalter's mind, Zardes is just a safer, more trustworthy option. Yeah. And he probably trains better than Sargent and, you know, is more mature. He's quite a bit older. So I don't even know what I don't even know what that means, Bells. I don't even know what it means. I don't either. I just said I it. I don't even know just you anymore. Words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> um there's also there's also sort of that implicit caveat that uh, because there's two games, um, you don't have to necessarily read into who starts Mexico and who starts Uruguay. You've got 180 minutes, and you divvy them up if you're if you're Greg Berhalter, uh, and and it, we could be over analyzing who gets which of those minutes. Yeah, right. So that's uh, I think that's that's what we got. You got any other thoughts on this? Uh, the, this whole this whole system um you know he he was i think tied to a system for the gold cup um but i am very excited to see if he stays with that or if he does make drastic changes to uh to what the way that he sets up the shape to the way that we get into that shape uh there's just so many open possibilities um that it really is it does become sort of a really curious experiment yeah you know one one thing we should probably talk about briefly before we go is another an, another item in this in this Tenorio article that, where he interviewed Berhalter earlier this week was Berhalter did in in some detail address the topic of dual nationals and staying in contact with them. He said it's important for the national team to to remain in contact with players, including dual nationals. He also said it's not his job as manager to to be reaching out to fifteen and sixteen year olds. So it's a little bit of a, but, but, but there's a, he says, we need a structure. We should have a structure that maintains contact with people. And, um, that's important. So I, it was a little bit of a mixed signal, I thought on the whole subject, but clearly he's clearly, he's paying attention to it. And he, you know, he had some thoughts. Yeah. That's, it's almost also kind of damning that, that he has to say we should have a structure. Yeah. We don't have one, but we should. No, we're, we're winging things right now, aren't we? Yeah, but he's that's, apparently been. Go ahead, go ahead. No, just that's that's actually the other uh, development I'm excited about in this window is uh, the the big soccer house board meeting uh, is coming up right after the Mexico game, but before the Uruguay game. So maybe we'll have filled all of our youth technical coaching positions by by the Uruguay contest. <laughs> Don't count on it, <laughs> folks. He did he did mention in that interview that he's been in touch with Dest. He's been talking to Dest about what he likes about his game, and um, you know. That's encouraging to hear. He's also been in, in touch with Pomacall, and I, I think he mentioned being in touch with some other player. So that's good news. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he, I think, specifically talked about Dest, about his ability to come inside as a from the right-back position. So, again, doors open for that inverted right-back uh, scheme. Uh, <laughs> there's just there's just a, a myriad possibility. Yeah, which would, which would make Tyler Boyd make a little more sense out there at the right wing. Yeah. Yep, we could see we could see trap dropping in between the two center backs who split wide, and see right and left fullbacks get bells. Oh, it's man. it's we're back to 
a whole a whole open chalkboard here. <laughs> open chalkboard 2022. Um, okay, I feel good about this. Any any anything else? How how crazy is it that like three changes from the Gold Cup roster to this roster uh, completely changed the tone of the squad? Yeah, it really does. And I and oh yeah, one last one last thing on that is I think it's it's really cool. Even if you know whatever happens with Pomacall and Dest in this in this window, it's really cool for all the other U twenties. You know that a really exciting U twenty team that we've talked about a lot on this podcast. Um, it's really cool for all of them to see this and to know now. Hey. You know, it, the door is open. If you, you know, if you prove yourself at the first team level, you, you can get in. You can get in. And uh, and I don't think anybody who watched those games thought there was like some huge gap between Pomegal and Dest and everybody else. It's just a matter of circumstance. So maybe hopefully some, hopefully some encouragement to the Richie Ledesmas and the Alex Mendezes and the Chris Richardses and the Chris Gloucesters and Sebastian Soto's out there that they, you know, they just need a few things to break their way and keep grinding and they can, they'll get a national team call up too. I'm, 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 I'm holding my breath, Bells. I'm holding my breath every weekend. Yep. All right. Uh, thanks, Greg. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you.